I was with some friends over the weekend, and some of them were non-Catholic, but the Catholics have gone to their service in that other church. And the Catholic woman, dear friend of mine for many years, said, why is our Mass is so dull sometimes? You know, you go to these other Protestant churches and there's music and there's singing and rejoicing. And in our church, we sit quietly. And if there's no choir, we don't sing. And it's so uncomfortable. And it, it discourages the children that she brings. I had nothing to say. <laughs> That's the way we are. And it ain't always good. It's the difference between human standards and God's standards. And I don't want to get too caught up in the difference, but the reason so many of our churches are not more lively with music, I have to say, is one, laziness. Two, uh, I don't believe this, finances. And who knows what other reason it is. We should praise God and be happy with God 24-7. Where does that come from? Well, in today's Book of Kings, we have a beautiful, beautiful uh, acclamation that King Solomon is making. He's the one who built the great temple. And in the temple, they were always aware of the presence of God. They had the, the, what we call the, the Ark of the Covenant, not equivalent to our tabernacle, but close to it in theology. And they determined that that presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant, which is the Ten Commandments, was a reason to rejoice. So they would come to temple, they would rejoice, they would sing, they would dance around, around at appropriate times. And of course, always prayer. This section of the Book of Kings is very interesting because he's talking to God. Solomon is talking to God. And he assures God that he believes there's no God like you. You're number one. You're the only God. You made the heavens, the earth, and everything that is. And we worship you in the temple. And in a sense, you know, read, read the details for yourself in 1 Kings, uh, line 22. He says, you watch over us day and night. You're always with us. Your presence is with us in prayer and in creation. You hear us when we pray to you and you grant us pardon. And yet, we worship you at the tabernacle of the, the temple, which is the Ark of the Covenant, as if that's the only place you are. And we know you're not only there. You're in creation. Now, parallel. We have the tabernacle, and that holds the Blessed Sacrament, and the Blessed Sacrament is the body and blood of Christ in reservation, which means it's reserved for additional people at Mass, communion for the sick, and so on. But it's the presence of Jesus Christ. So here, different from the Ark of the Covenant, 
where the law was symbolically the presence of God in word, here we have the actual presence of Jesus Christ. And as Catholics, we believe that the presence is body and blood, soul and divinity. It's Jesus. So when we come up for communion, we're not receiving bread that's like Jesus or memories of Jesus. We're receiving, as he gave us at the Last Supper, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's very different, and it's certainly a reason to rejoice for all of us. When we come to the building of the church, and we are members of the church by being baptized Christians, it is appropriate to celebrate, sing, praise, and also pray silently. Because we don't have just the symbol of the presence of God. We have God's Holy Son in the reality of the Eucharist, in the reality of his body and blood in the tabernacle, and then when we receive. So the response is beautiful, this, the psalm today, 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord, mighty God. And the psalm continues, praising him, telling God we praise you because you are present in us. That was written before Jesus' time. It was written as a psalm. But we can certainly come in rejoicing in the presence of Jesus with us, thanking him for being present with us. And we have special traditions that go with us, as you know, in the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. We have processions for the Blessed Sacrament during certain parts of the year. We celebrate the other sacraments, and today we'll continue celebrating the, the anointing of the sick, which is a sacrament, the presence of Jesus. So we have a lot of reason to rejoice and be happy, not solemn. There's a place for solemn. There's a place for quiet prayer. But there's also a magnificent place for glorious prayer and praise, which we could sort of nod to our Protestant brothers and sisters as they use musical instruments and song to praise God. Regrettably, they have what we call their prayers of the word and song. We have the word and the Eucharist, and song is, is, is an addition. We praise God in song because he's here with us, because the word of Jesus is here with us. There's a reason to pray and sing when it's appropriate. So where is God? It's easy to say, as the psalmist said, your dwelling place is in the mountains, in the sky, and you are the Lord of hosts, and your home is with us, as well as with the swallows and the birds and the trees. The psalmist reminds us, God is everywhere. God is everywhere. He has blessed creation with his presence in the goodness of creation, the beauty of creation. Now, we come to Jesus, he knows this, of course, and so 
supposedly the Pharisees and the scribes knew it. So Jesus' actions today focus on finding God in simple things, finding God eating together, finding God in, in well, it won't be yet, the Eucharist, but gathering as community. So he's happy when his apostles are with him and they're picking things to eat off the, off the, the, the farmland. The Pharisees, and Jesus calls them hypocrites because of this, are one-sided. <clears throat> they said, well, you know, the rule is before you eat anything, you've got to wash your hands. Not for cleanliness. That wasn't the reason. It certainly makes sense for cleanliness. It's for purity because you're not worthy to eat anything without purifying yourself. Even that sounds good, but it's not the full message because it's more important from the scribes and the Pharisees' perspective to keep the rule and forget the reason for the rule, honoring God. So maybe it's interesting that the, the Protestants, so we keep talking about them, but the churches that have a lot of music and song and dance, that's good, it's good, it's fine, there's nothing wrong with it. But we don't choose that over the Eucharist, we choose that, when we use it, to supplement the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, to so supplement the, the, the rejoicing that we have in our hearts for God. Where is God through all this? Everywhere. And as we say everywhere, in goodness, in charity, and even Jesus, get, don't, be, don't be phonies, keep the rules and forget the person. And he gives that example of, you heard the rule, you have the rule, the commandment, love your mother and father, but yet, when it comes time to support them and take care of them, you get your money and you put it in the church basket or in the temple basket and say, that, that, that's charity. Think back, it's a phrase that we have, I think came from Benjamin Franklin of all places, the charity begins at home. This is our home. This is where we get the inspiration because of Jesus. Not because of all this, the windows and the, and the pillars and the statues. Because of Jesus, we get our inspiration to find God in the world and to bring God into the world through our actions and prayers. And that's certainly something to praise and sing about. Where is God? God is available to us in the actions that imitate Jesus. Those actions are actions of love and prayer. So, is God always in the great temples of the world? Well, if they're Catholic churches and there's a tabernacle, yes, in the Blessed Sacrament. But God is also present in the world. We can't forget that. The Eucharistic presence is here, absolutely. But he's also present when you leave here, and you go out on First Avenue, and you go to your homes. God is also with us there. When we break bread with friends, when we wish birthdays to friends, God is with us. And that's the authenticity that he wants us to bring into the world. So with the scriptures, we can praise him. 
and say, God, you, you, you give us everything and you hear our prayers, you incline your ear to us. Here at the Eucharist, we get energized to live the Christian life with the Holy Word, and then we're out the door, bringing the Eucharist, bringing the Word through our actions into the world. Reason to praise him? Absolutely, 24-7. Lord, having reflected on your holy word, we ask you to hear the prayers of those special intentions we offer you today.